And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about. Short turnaround time for the Islanders after they lose game two in overtime, four to three. Game three coming up tonight at seven o'clock. So we will preview that, look back at game two. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, Islander fans, that was a rough loss, but a lot of bright spots to be taken from it, and we will break it all down. Islanders fall behind early 3-0, tie the game with two late goals in the third, force the overtime before falling to the Flyers, and the Flyers now even the series up at one game apiece. We will analyze what happened, especially what went wrong in that first period, plus some of the good things we could take away from this game, and a whole lot more to discuss. We'll also look ahead to Game 3, wondering if Lou, uh, if Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello will try to make any changes in the Islander lineup, but I don't think we will see many major ones, to say the least. Anyway, if there's something on your mind that is Islanders-related, please feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest happenings concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so... Game two, very much different than game one. And in uh, honesty, the first period, it wasn't as bad as the scoreboard indicated, but it wasn't a great period for the Islanders. They were outshot 11-7. to And, well, let's get this out of the way first. Uh, early in the game, Simeon Varlamov, who was the Islanders' starting goaltender, He only needed 39 seconds to tie Billy Smith's all-time Islanders franchise record for longest shutout streak in the postseason. He did set the record, managed to keep the Flyers off the board for the first minute and 57 seconds when Philadelphia took the lead. So early congratulations to Simeon Varlamov, but obviously, you know, it took less than two minutes and Kevin Hayes came through with the first goal, he got another goal at the 9.43 mark of the period, 
And even though the Islanders really took it to the Flyers for the first few minutes of this game, maybe the first six or seven minutes, had the better scoring chances, the difference was that the Philadelphia Flyers, in the first period especially, had a lot more room to maneuver, especially through the neutral zone or center ice. All of a sudden, you know, in game one, the Islanders smothered the Flyers, did not allow them to get speed through the neutral zone, to make nice passes through the neutral zone. In this game, in the first period, even though the Islanders had the better chances early and Hart was equal to the occasion whenever the Islanders did get a chance, but the Flyers had more room to skate and to make good passes and set up quality scoring opportunities. And both of Kevin Hart's, uh, Kevin Hayes, excuse me, Kevin Hayes' goals beat Simeon Varlamov to the short side. And I don't know whether or not the Flyers did a little bit of studying on Varlamov or it just was a coincidence, but they went short side on both occasions and Hayes cashed in both times. And look, that's only the second and third goals of the playoffs for Kevin Hayes. And if you're the Flyers, obviously, you know, getting Hayes on the board and then the third goal of the period, which came at 1509 by Sean Couturier, that was his first goal of the playoffs. Getting those guys back in the offense and on board is one of the keys to the Flyers if they have a chance of winning this series. So after one period, the score was three to nothing in favor of the Flyers. And after giving up the third goal at 15.09, Varlamov comes out and Tomas Grice is inserted. And look, at the end of the day, I don't think Varlamov was awful, but both of those Hayes goals in particular, you know, you shouldn't be beaten short side, especially twice. Uh, and I think the real reason that Barry Trotz changed goalies was twofold. Number one, trying to shake this team up, trying to get them inspired. Number two, when you're playing a back-to-back game and the Islanders have a few back-to-back games coming up in this series, Varlamov had gotten all of the work through the playoffs so far, played in all four games against Florida, all five games against uh, Washington, and now this was his second straight game against Philadelphia. You know there's a game tomorrow. Get Grice a little work. Get him involved, keep him sharp if you need it. And to his credit, Tomas Grice did whatever you would ask of a goalie coming in in that thankless situation where you're down three to nothing. He went through the rest of regulation time and did not allow a goal, which means that Grice kept his team in the game and that is extremely important for a goalie coming in down 3 nothing to do. He did his job, and that's good because, look, the only actual game action that Tomas Grice has been involved in since March, you know, 10th or so is the exhibition game against the Rangers that didn't really count. So, 
giving him a little action didn't hurt. He came through. Varlamov gets a little rest and gets to clear his head before the game tomorrow. And I think overall it worked. But not a great game for Varlamov, allowing three goals in 10 shots in 15 minutes and nine seconds worth of action. So after one period, the Islanders trailed three to nothing. Things not looking great, but much to the credit of the New York Islanders, they did not quit. We'll talk about what they did and how they managed to get back into this hockey game. Plus, we'll preview game two, and we have our Islanders birthday of the day. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but if you want to get auto body parts, look no further than rockauto.com. Their prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone. It does not require membership or account logons, and it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything for your car or truck. If you need engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet, you can check it out at rockauto.com and get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and it's delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And if you're hungry, and I know you are, you can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash, and they need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, and you could support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so one thing we have noticed all year long about this Islanders team, and it's a tribute to the players and a tribute to Barry Trotz, this team does not quit. And here they are trailing three to nothing in this playoff game, and they do not give up. In the second period, the Islanders outshot the Flyers 11-9. They got their legs under them and finally get a power play goal. Beautiful setup. Anders Lee deflecting home 
a shot from in close, an Anders Lee special right in his office, so to speak. That was his fifth goal of the playoffs. Matthew Barzal and Nick Letty get the assists. And for Letty, that's a good thing. He he really was weak on one of those three Flyers goals where he was just, you know, overwhelmed by uh, the player carrying the puck in. So Letty gets on the board, his second assist of the playoffs. That came at 11.45, and throughout the second period, as it went on, you could feel the momentum in this game starting to shift. In the third period, more of the same. The Islanders outshot the Flyers 15-8, and the pressure just kept building. And you knew if the Islanders would just get that second goal, they would be right back in the hockey game, and they got it. Anthony Bevilier, who had a good game, puts home the puck, his seventh of the playoffs, and Josh Bailey gets the assist, his team leading ninth of the playoffs. And I'll tell you something else. Bailey had a number of good plays with the puck, good passes, and just smart little things, again, that don't necessarily show up on the score sheet. But Bailey, uh, one of the better Islanders out there on the ice, especially in the offensive zone in this game. That made it 3-2, to two, and then with a little more than two minutes left on the clock, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his sixth from Adam Pellick at 17:51, tied the game, and it looked like, you know, the Islanders were all the way back. Now, the Flyers challenged the fact that the Islanders might have been offside on that last goal. It was very close, but the way the camera was located, they did not have a clear view as to whether or not, I believe it was Brock Nelson, got back onside before the puck was carried into the zone. Either way, the goal stood. Jean-Gabriel Pajot tied it, and the Islanders got a power play. They had a couple of chances late in that third period on the power play to get what would have been almost certainly the game-winning goal. They could not get it, and the game heads into overtime. So much at stake in the extra session. If the Islanders would have won this game and taken a 2-0 lead in the series, there is no doubt that they would have had the Flyers in a big, big hole and doubting themselves, but instead, Philippe Myers, from the point, a blast high, the only goal allowed by Tomas Grice for Myers, his third, Couturier gets the only assist, it comes just two minutes and 40 seconds into the overtime, Islanders had trouble clearing the zone, a little bit sloppy with the puck, uh, and Myers ends it, so the Flyers escape with a 4-3 victory, but For the Islanders, other than the first period, they played a pretty good hockey game. They showed determination. They managed to uh, claw their way back into this one. And this is a team that is resilient and does not quit. Tomas Grice, 20 saves in 21 shots, a 9.52 save percentage. Oh, and by the way, it took overtime, but the Islanders finally gave up more than 30 shots on goal in the game, giving up. 31 today for the first time in the playoffs that they allowed more than 30. The Barzal-Eberly-Lee line, all minus two 
in this game. They did not have their best game at all. By the way, though, Anders Lee, eight shots on goal in this game. A goal for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He was also 11 out of 16 in the face-off circle. Uh, and as far as hits go, no surprise, Matt Martin played the least number of minutes of any Islander. He was on the ice for 9-17, as was Ross Johnston. But Martin had five hits. Johnston and Leo Komarov uh, had four, as did Brock Nelson. But uh, Islanders, again, uh, out-hitting the Flyers 39-31. But here's the thing, a, a little bit different. The Flyers actually had more block shots in this game than the Islanders. 17-13 block shots way down. And I think part of the reason for that is, again, in that first period, the Islanders had trouble stopping the Flyers' their breakouts. They had more room in the neutral zone. And the result was fewer block shot opportunities for the New York Islanders and it ended up costing them early on. So, Islanders and Flyers all even at one game apiece right now in this series, but the Islanders do not have time to, you know, drown in their sorrows, because Game 3 is tonight, Thursday, at 7 p.m., and look, odd-numbered games in these playoff series are critical, especially when the series is all even at one. We will preview that game and talk a little bit about some of the things the Islanders may do to try to counteract what Philadelphia did well in game two. Plus, we have our Islanders birthday of the day still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off and blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, it's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're a day early here, but happy 52nd birthday to former Islanders winger Tom Fitzgerald. The Islanders selected Fitzgerald in the first round of the 1986 NHL entry draft with the 17th overall pick and after two years at Providence College he turned pro joined the Islanders in 1988-89 and remained with the team through the end of the 1992-93 playoff run 
in which he had uh, a pretty big part. Seems like a lot of birthdays this week have to do with Islander players who were uh, part of that 1993 run to the conference finals. After leaving the Islanders, he joined the Florida Panthers, briefly played for the Avalanche, then the Predators, Blackhawks, Maple Leafs, and Bruins before he retired at the end of the 2005-2006 season. 1,097 career NHL games for Fitzgerald, 139 goals, 329 points in 776 penalty minutes for the native of Billerica, Massachusetts. Fitzgerald, we're going to look back at one of his great playoff games. It came in Game 4 of the Islanders-Patrick Division Final Series against the Pittsburgh Penguins back on May 8, 1993. Yaramir Yager gave the Penguins an early lead. But then Ray Ferraro scored on a power play to tie it for the Islanders. Derek King and Vladimir Malikov with the helpers. And then in the final 17 seconds of that second period, Tom Fitzgerald gets a shorthanded goal unassisted to give the Islanders a 2-1 lead after 40 minutes. In the third, Fitzgerald got another shorthanded goal. Claude Loisel was in the box for the Islanders. But Fitzgerald scored his second of the game, second of the playoffs, from Darius Kasparitis, and that made it a 3-1 Islanders lead. The Penguins tied it with two goals in 29 seconds, one by Troy Loney and the other by Rick Tockett. But 38 seconds later, Derek King got his first of the playoffs from Dennis Vasky and Pat Flatley, and the Islanders had a 4-3 lead. Kevin Stevens evened it to make it 4-4, his third for Mario Lemieux and Larry Murphy, but the Islanders get back into the lead. Vladimir Malakov, his third from Brian Mullen. The seesaw match continued. Less than two minutes later, Ron Francis ties it for Pittsburgh. Paul Stanton and Kevin Stevens with the helpers. But then Derek King nets the game winner, his second of the game and second of the playoffs at 12-11. Ray Ferraro and Jeff Norton get the assists in that one, and the Islanders manage to hold on as Glenn Healy made 23 saves to earn the victory. Two goals for Tom Fitzgerald on two shots in this one. Derek King leading all Islander players with two goals and one assist, but for Tom Fitzgerald, two shorthanded goals in one game to help the Islanders even up this series with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, and Tom Fitzgerald playing a big role in this victory that got the Islanders back into the series. All right, so let's take a look at what the Islanders have to do in Game 3. Again, a short turnaround time, but that isn't so bad because there is no travel in this series. Everybody is in the bubble so it's not like you have to worry about flying from uh, Phil or taking a bus or a train from Philadelphia to New York. You just stay in the bubble and come back to play the next day. The Islanders need to get back to playing three periods or more, if necessary, of Islanders hockey. This team has a system. They play it well. And they didn't play it in the first period. And let's face it, the Flyers are a good enough team that if they, uh, if the Islanders don't play that tough defensive in-your-face four-checking system, the Flyers 
have more than enough talent to take advantage of it and win hockey games. The Islanders also obviously have to be concerned that the Flyers do not start gaining confidence. Obviously, they need Simeon Varlamov to come back. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Ross Johnston sit out this next game. Not that he was particularly bad, although he did take one penalty that was questionable, uh, where he just got a little over-enthusiastic and ended up with a, uh, a penalty that did end up, you know, not helping the Islanders. And you can't have that. You can't have a guy getting a little too enthusiastic in a scrum, take that roughing penalty, and uh, put his team in a hole when they were already down 3 nothing. Now, the Islanders did kill off the penalty, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders go back, possibly, uh, to a different lineup, maybe one or two players change. I wouldn't be shocked if Derek Broussard is back or if Michael Dal Cole gets a shot or uh, into the lineup, just to keep these guys sharp and to keep everybody hungry. But they're going to need to really play their style of hockey. Encouraging news, the power play looked better. They have goals now in back-to-back games on the power play. But the other thing is this, and you look at the shot chart, Flyers had too many quality scoring chances in this game. And usually the Islanders do a good job of limiting those in-close quality chances. They didn't do it, especially in the first period of this game. And if they don't do it again, the Flyers are going to really take advantage and capture the momentum. Big game tonight, game three, because an even series, the team that goes up two to one, certainly at a big advantage going forward. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Islanders. If you're enjoying the podcast, please uh, give us a five-star rating and write up a review on the podcatcher of choice. That does help other Islander fans find the podcast or tell a friend or a family member who's also an Islander fan and a hockey fan about us. Always great to grow the Locked On Islanders family. I'm Gil Martin. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy game three. And of course, let's go Islanders.